Son of David, have mercy on me. My soul is broken and my eyes can't see. Can you hear me calling, calling out your name? Oh, son of David, have mercy on me. Here we go. 
At our church, Jesus is Lord. That single belief calls us together as a community and sends us into our world with hope and purpose. At our church, your past will never define your future. There's always redemption, which means there's always a brighter day. At our church, we don't think we're better than any other church out there. We're just doing our best to become our best. At our church, we want you to believe in God, but we also want you to know that God believes in you. We are not against people who don't attend church anywhere. Instead, we pursue them with love, the very same love that's pursuing us. At our church, we're learning to serve God with all our hearts and we're learning to worship Him with all our lives. And if you're looking for the perfect church, we're not it. At our church, we will make mistakes, but we will choose to grow from them. At our church, we're part of a global community that's knit together by the resurrection of Jesus. And by the way, at our church, we believe that really happened too. At our church, we will engage with people who are in real need because we are the hands and the feet of Christ. And finally, we need you to hear this loud and clear. At our church, it's not really our church at all. It's His, and we live and move and breathe in His church for His glory and His fame, not ours. So here's the invitation. You're invited to jump in with your whole heart at your own pace and to experience the life that awaits you in Christ. Friends, this is going to be good. Welcome to our church. Please rise for our first song. Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Well, let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all it's dealing. And you're desperate for some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Oh. Well, he makes a way where there ain't no way Rises up from an empty grave There ain't no sinner that he can't save Let me tell you about my Jesus His love is strong and his grace is free And the good news is I know that he can do for you what he's done for me Let me tell you about my Jesus 
That's what Jesus does. And we're going to see that and hear that as we look into the scriptures for the sermon. Remember, we're doing the chosen. This week, we get to see the healing of the paralytic and a life that was changed. And um, my prayer is that all of us would be celebrating what God has done in our life. And he has brought us into his family and blessed us with so many blessings. Uh, I want to just go through a couple quick announcements and then give you some information. All right, um, let's start here. Shirt order. Let's put that up there on the screen. Uh, about once a year, maybe twice a year, we, we, we do this. We give you an opportunity. If you'd like any um, swag, you know, with 1C, the sanctuary, uh, you can order that. So you can follow that link. You could take your little phone out right now and grab the QR code or call the church office. We'll let you know. We, we gather these orders for about two weeks or so, and then we make a big order. So if something that you're interested in, please do. Trunk or treat, October 31st. We always do it right on Halloween, and it is one of our outreach things for the community. We open our doors literally, and we invite people to come, and we just celebrate community. And um, love for you to do a couple things. Number one, pray for the event, because it's a time where we get to uh, rub elbows with our neighbors, and just love them, welcome them, uh, just very innocent, uh, fun kind of activity. And so please pray for that event. Number two, if you would like to be a part of that, in other words, you would like to come and be here and greet people and give them candy, and I could picture some of you in certain costumes. I think you would look really great. <laughs> All right? Love for you to do it. Love to have lots of people be involved so we can meet and greet our community. Third, candy. If you want to bring candy, and I'm going to tell you this because I've done this for a couple years in a row. I've, I've said we especially want Reese's peanut butter cups. Don't bring me any. I'm going to tell you. When you bring them to me, oh my goodness. So bring them and we'll make sure that people get it. And I'll try to be good and not have any of them this year. Uh, but again, bring candy and uh, again, October 31st. Um, Haiti Project. Um, how many of you... Remember last spring, the Haiti Project? Some of you, okay, hands are going up. So we did a couple different things, but um, last year we packed 60,000 rice packs that went over to Mission of Hope to help feed children. 
a very impactful event. We're going to do it again. And we have an information meeting that's going to be tomorrow night at 6.30 here at the church. And if you, if, even if you're not committed, if you just want to come and listen to what this is all about and how you can help, feel free to come. And uh, we really want to make a difference to people throughout this world, ultimately with the message of Jesus. But with this ministry, we get to feed them. We get to help them in their time of need. So please, if you would, love for you to come and you could be a part of that. Um, last thing is, uh, remember we've been pointing to you to these cards that are in the backs of the chairs. And then I talk about the QR code. And I remember going up to Greg and say, Greg, sometimes when I talk and say QR code, I get this blank look on the face of people. A QR code, if you see on the top right of there, it's a square with a bunch of black and white in it. But when you do something, like use your smartphone, it takes you somewhere. So he put together a little video with no sound, so the silence is going to be awesome. So let's do it. Right, so that really does mirror what you have in front of you. We really want to do a better job as a church communicating with you. We also want you to do a better job of communicating with us. So we believe this Church Center app will help that take place. Because the bigger we get as a church, the harder it is to communicate. And as we've done the last two weeks, you know, so, so we, have, we had two drawings. One, I'm going to get together right over there. Um, the other person was at the last service for a lunch or a dinner or breakfast, and, and I'll buy. Um, so we're going to do it again. So please go to this, sign up for it, uh, just trying to in, dang, you know, put some carrot in front of you or whatever you want to eat, and uh, we'll have some fun. So please do that if you would. Last, last one is the joy basket. God has given us one blessing on top of another. All of us are blessed. And what he wants us to do is to say thank you in return. And so I'm going to pray right now, pray for our time of worship, pray for our, our worship attitudes that go beyond these walls and out into this world. Lord Jesus, thank you again. You, you have given us forgiveness of sins. You have changed our life. So we thank you. And along with that changing of life is all the blessings you've given to us as your people. Too many for us to even count. And Lord, we pray that you would teach us to say thank you. And we pray now that you would lead us, guide us, direct us, show us. How do you want us to say thank you for the blessings you've given? And Lord, in the end, may all of this be to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.
Boys and girls, come on up front. It's time for the kids' message, so come on up. Find a seat on the floor. We are talking about being made new today. So I brought some clay with me and a mold. Yeah. You got some frogs on the way in? Good. If you didn't get a frog on the way in, make sure you grab one on the way out. Well, let's see what happens with some soft clay and a mold. Yeah, soft clay versus hard clay. We're going to see what happens with that too. All right. So here's a ball of clay, soft clay, and I've got a mold. Let me shake some dust down in here to make sure the clay doesn't stick. Kind of stuck at the last service. Hopefully it won't stick this time. All right. So we are going to press some clay into this mold and see what happens. What do you think is going to happen? It's going to change. Any idea what it's going to change into? Oh, it's sticking. You did turn into a different shape. It's a frog. That's right. It turned into a frog. Like you have a frog. That's right. Well, did you know that that's like us? When we're like soft clay and we, we believe and have faith in Jesus, that he changes us and makes us new? Does that mean he turns us into frogs? No? Okay, good. It's getting scared for a minute. We are not turned into frogs, but he does make us new, doesn't he? We are changed from sinful people who are separated from God into forgiven children of God welcomed into his family. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Well, we've been watching The Chosen, and have you noticed when someone meets Jesus and they have faith in Jesus, they're changed. Fishermen start fishing for people. Sick people are healed and made well. And today we're going to see that a paralyzed man gets up and starts walking. Isn't that amazing that Jesus changes people? Well, you know what? I've got some other clay here too. Like you mentioned, some hard clay. Let's see what I can make that into. Nothing. You're right. It won't smash. No. It's hard clay, yeah. Well, you know what? I can't make anything new out of that, can I? It's dry and hard. That's right. Well, have you noticed that in The Chosen too? Sometimes people meet Jesus, but they resist Jesus. They don't have faith in him, like the Pharisees. And they're not changed by Jesus. So you know what? I guess we kind of want to be like a soft clay frog, don't we? And allow Jesus to change us and make us into something new. Right? No, you can't have this one, but you can keep that, that plastic frog. And speaking of these plastic frogs, what do these frogs do? They jump, they jump don't they? Yes. And you know what? We can do the same thing. So Jesus has made us new, and I think he wants us to get hopping too. He wants us to hop out into this world and share his love with other people and tell about this great news that we have in Jesus and how he makes us new as love-forgiven children of God. All right? What do you say you pray with me? We'll fold our hands, bow our heads, and you can repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for changing us and making us new. We are your forgiven people and help us to get hopping so we can tell others about you. Amen.
All right, boys and girls, thanks for coming up. Take your plastic frogs with you and remember how Jesus has made you new. Great message, Greg. It's always great to hear that uh, Jesus changes lives the way he does. And that's the great beauty of the chosen. Um, with that, the song I'm getting ready to sing for you guys is one that talks about how we are made in God's image. And I'm going to kind of challenge you guys like I do with the guys over the gang over at Trinity when we go over and play music for them on Sunday nights. I'm going to ask you guys to close your eyes for this song and just listen to the words. Made in the 
continue in our worship service today we're going to have communion also known as the Lord's Supper it is a beautiful glorious gift that God gives to us to change us to help us become more like him uh, what we've been doing is we've been sharing a profession of faith before we take communion and in this profession we're going to profess what we believe about our sinfulness about our need for a savior about what we believe is in this meal and then also how we're going to live our lives as children of God. So if we could have that up on the screen, let's share this out loud together. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my... It's okay, we'll just wait there, okay. Let's go, second paragraph. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament. And under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. I resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my Lord in his body, the church, by regular group worship, study of God's word, cheerful giving, thankful living, and sharing the gospel with others. Amen. A lot of words, a lot of things we just profess, but let me just make this very clear. Because of Jesus, because of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you've been forgiven. You are loved, you are valued, you are blessed. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper. And after he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood. Given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And as we continue with communion, if you have those individual communion sets, feel free during the song to take those elements and know that it's not just bread and wine, but it's the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. And with that same faith, if you're going to come forward for continuous communion, uh, believe those uh, truths to be for you as well. And if you desire to have either gluten-free or grape juice, please let the server know. May this moment be a sacred moment where God comes to us, meets us right where we are, and loves us with his everlasting love. Amen.
I live. 
live in a world where we are bombarded by information. But that song is a beautiful reminder for all of us that we should remember often the magnitude of God's love for you and me. And it is realized in this gift of Holy Communion. So may this true body and blood of Jesus strengthen you and empower you for life, for mission, for ministry, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Lord Jesus, it is a privilege to come to, pr to, come to you in prayer this morning. Thank you so very much that this is a way that you invite us to bring our request. And we have them. The, the church has needs, and the church is coming you today, asking you to hear us and to answer us. A prayer for my great-granddaughter, Desi Lynn, who's in the hospital. She's battling five separate viruses and is in Children's Hospital fighting to survive at eight months old. We're sending up a prayer for a strong and wonderful woman in our community that has a recent diagnosis of cancer. Please, God, hold her and her family tight in your arms and help them all to heal as cancer has already taken so much from them. Lord, we lift up Heath that you lay your healing hands on him as he prepares for his cancer trial. Please give him comfort and peace. And we're lifting up this dad who has pneumonia and asking you to touch, to heal his body. Lord, thank you for all the blessings you have given us, for your perfect timing and opportunities to cheer us. Please, God, if, if it be your will, please bring a husband into my life I can share life's journeys with as well as a new job that I can fulfill. Your prayers for my life, please guide my decisions in your name. Amen. Lord, these are prayers for a nephew. Guide him in his new journey. Help him to stay strong and learn to safely deal with his past. Lord, we're praying for the Flynn family during this difficult time. Prayers for comfort and for healing. And a prayer, Lord, for Colt and Rebecca Knox. Prayers for healing with their loss of Ella's baby girl and the physical injuries from a serious car accident. We hold this family before you, Jesus, and ask you to touch them. Prayers for Dylan as he leaves the country Monday for his deployment. Be with him as he serves his country. Lord, please help my son Brendan find his way back to you. And dear Lord, I pray you to help him and myself with resentments towards each other. I ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And a prayer for this individual who's having total knee replacement on my right knee. This takes place on Monday. We ask you, Lord, that you will be with this individual. And now, Father, we close out this time of prayer with that prayer you have given us. You taught us to pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
Amen. We continue our journey as we look at the life of Christ. And uh, there is not one person who walked the face of the earth that has impacted all of humanity as much as this person named Jesus. And uh, one of the places where we can turn our attention specifically is as we look at the Gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It details this Jesus who was born, who lived, who died, who rose again, who ascended, and who loves. And uh, as we've been following the chosen, right, um, it's been grabbing some of the stories that we find in the gospel readings. And as I mentioned during announcement period, we're going to look at the story of the healing of the paralytic. And I find it interesting, the three synoptic gospels, the similar gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they all have the same story. They all felt that it was so important to put into their version of the gospel this story of the paralytic. In a moment, we're going to watch the, the chosen, the video version of it. We're going to probably have four and a half minutes worth of the story. And then after that, we're going to look and read the scripture itself as found in Mark chapter 2. But I want to challenge you to look at the, the vantage point or the perspective from all the different people involved. Example, the paralytic. Watch the video, read the, you know, listen to the text. What was the paralytic thinking, feeling, looking like? How about his friends, the ones that brought him on the mat to Jesus? How about the crowds uh, that were so great and so many that they couldn't go through the regular door, so they had to go up and around up to the roof? How about the religious leaders? What were they thinking about this Jesus and this healing? Then we can look at the disciples as they're watching this take place and unfold. And then finally, look at Jesus. Look, look as he is depicted in Mark chapter 2, but also look at how they depict him in the video of The Chosen. Let's watch that at this time. Jesus of Nazareth! I saw what you did to the leper on the road this morning. My friend has been paralyzed since childhood. He has no hope but you. Please, do for him what you did for the leper. That's a rope! Put it back, man! If you are willing, Rabbi, I know you can do this. your tablet at least. Harry! Is he in danger? 
I don't know. No, I don't think so. He's got room in there? Yes. Anybody ever really here for this? Yes. Down. authority do you teach? Answer me. If you are willing, Rabbi, you know you can't. Hey, I'm talking to you. By whom do you teach? Certainly not the authority of any rabbi from Nazareth. Where did you study? Your faith is beautiful. Son, take heart. Your sins are forgiven. Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Right? But I ask you, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven, or rise up and walk? It's easy to say anything, no? But to show you, and so that you may know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. I say to you, my son, rise. Pick up your bed. Mark chapter 2. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered a man on his mat, right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, 
Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven? Or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So I, I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. Once again, consider the perspective from the people involved. Consider the paralytic, his four friends, the crowds, the religious leaders, the disciples, and Jesus. I'm going to share with you just a couple of words or phrases that we see in the scripture itself and also the outcome of what took place. Uh, the very first words were the words, my child, your sins are forgiven. Now, I don't know how it all played out. We don't know the whole story. We have what's in the Gospels. But just picture this. Picture these four friends saying to this paralyzed man, hey, there's this guy. He's doing great things. Maybe he could even heal you. So <clears throat> the paralyzed man agreeing, okay. They all take a corner of the mat and they start carrying him to Jesus. He gets there. He gets lowered down. And what Jesus says to him first is, your sins are forgiven. Do you think there's a chance that maybe he was disappointed? Could be. Who knows? If he is as human as I am and as you are, you know, we, we see the physical first. We don't see the spiritual. So what Jesus does is he nails on the head the issue at hand. It's not his physical paralysis. It's the spiritual one. Now, where do we find this? Well, if we go back into scriptures and we look back at Adam and Eve, remember? Remember when God said, if you eat from the tree, you shall surely die. What did that mean? Well, I, th I believe in, you know, the fact that sin wrecks everything. It can wreck a, a physical body. Sin can wreck you emotionally. Uh, sin can affect you relationally. I mean, it could affect lots of different things. And if we follow that storyline from Adam and Eve all the way till today, we see the effect of sin going on all the time. So really, what is at stake here is not just the man's physical well-being, but he addresses the spiritual first. Your sins are forgiven. Now, for the Jewish mind back then, uh, there is the teaching that says sometimes it's a sin that does cause the physical issues. So it's not an unfamiliar concept. I mean, do you remember the time when there was a man that was born blind at birth? The disciples were trying to figure this all out and said, Jesus, who sinned? Him or his parents? So it's a very common thought to kind of go there and to draw the two together. 
And that really is the spiritual condition of this paralyzed man, as well as everyone that's watching the scene except for Jesus. And it's the scene for people like you and me. We all are paralyzed because of sin. We all need Jesus to come to, to you and to me and say, my child, your sins are forgiven. Because that is the only message that will change you for eternity. The next words, pick up your mat and go home. So you see the tension that's going on in the text. The Pharisees were saying only God can forgive sins. They're, they just know that to be true. And they're seeing this disconnect because there's a human being in front of them that is now announcing forgiveness of sins. And Jesus reads their mind. According to the Gospels, nothing said. But Jesus reads their minds and addresses it. And he asks the question, is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? Then the Lord pronounced, pick up your mat and go home. The fact that the paralytic was healed not only uh, caused the crowd to marvel and give God glory, but it also started to diffuse any argument by the skeptics about Jesus' claim to be the Son of God. There is something different about this man. He does things that other people don't do. And we've seen it throughout the story of the chosen. It is filled throughout the Gospels. Jesus does the unthinkable. He meets people who are broken and fragile and marginalized, people where the world says they don't matter. Jesus steps into their world, and he loves them. But I do find it interesting, this whole idea of Jesus telling them to take up your mat and go. You know, in preparation for this, um, a pastor said about this incident, because Jesus could have very easily picked up the mat and just threw it aside, but he told the man to pick up his mat and go. And this one pastor said, you know why? Because what a powerful testimony to be walking through the streets and carrying your mat, which once held you, that no longer holds you. And so you could point to this and say, you know, once upon a time, this is my world. And now I am forgiven by Jesus and I'm healed by him. What a beautiful concept to think about. And I, I think that could very well be the truth. Uh, the next um, not words that we find in the gospel, but we see what takes place. And it's the words, strength to obey. I do think there's, there's a lot of faith that's going on here. Right? A lot of faith. Different levels of faith, different kinds of faith. Um, some of them were like the four friends who were like, let's take you. Some are like the paralytic that says, okay, let's give this a shot. Uh, then we see the crowds that are creeping in and wondering, like, who is this Jesus? What's going on? Maybe their faith is just developing. We have the religious leaders who are like, this is stupid, this is dumb, this is sacrilegious. Then we see the disciples, and I just, I love those moments in The Chosen where they capture. Did you see where it was Peter and Mary? And just the, the you know, is Jesus safe? Yes. And they're just excited to see what he's going to do. Or Peter talking with Matthew. He says, get out your tablet, get ready, 
something's going to happen. And then we see the moment, and this is purely the chosen video. It's not in the Bible. But the, the video where the, the man was lying there, and all of a sudden he starts moving his toes. And it became to become more real that maybe, just maybe, this Jesus did heal him. And Jesus told him to get up. So then he stands up. And we don't know how long he has been paralyzed. If you look into the Gospels, we don't know. I know the Chosen says, you know, paralyzed since birth. We don't know. But nevertheless, he hasn't been walking for some time. So it took this moment of faith for him to stand up. But where does that come from? It comes from this Jesus to this man who probably for a long time was feeling lost, hopeless, and helpless. But now he's got this strength to be able to obey the words of Jesus to stand. I don't know if you've ever been like this or at a point in your life where you have felt discouraged for such a long period of time and you could read the scriptures, you can hear the promises of God one after another, and you're like, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. And yet he would say to you and me, your sins are forgiven. He would say to you and me, stand up, rise up, go home. I am doing a new thing. All right, the next words actually brings us back to verse 5 where he says, seeing their faith. And I think very specifically, it's talking about the faith of this paralytic and the four friends. But I think Jesus, seeing the faith of the entire group of people, there were some that was, they were believing Jesus at the get-go, some that were watching carefully and wondering what's going to happen. I mean, there were lots of different things. But they were seeing the faith and trying to make sense out of what's taking place. If I can have that picture up. Um, it took a lot of faith. It took a lot of faith for, for those four friends to say, okay, we'll, we'll carry you all the way to this house. We hear about this Jesus. It took a lot of faith for this one man to say, okay, I'll give it a shot. Another part for them to start lowering the body down in front of Jesus, in front of a crowd. What moved these people to do it? Well, I found um, in James chapter 2, this is the message version. I think it's picturesque. It says this, Dear friends, do you think you'll get anywhere if this, in this, if you learn all the right words but never do anything? Does merely talking about faith indicate that a person really has it? For instance, you come upon an old friend dressed in rags and half-starved and say, Good morning, friend. Be clothed in Christ. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And walk out without providing so much as a coat or a cup of soup. Where does that get you? Isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense? I can already hear one of you agreeing by saying, Sounds good. You take care of the faith department. I'll handle the works department. Not so fast. You can, you can no more show me your works apart from your faith than I can show you my faith apart from my works. Faith and works, works and faith, fit together hand in glove. And here's where I want to just kind of bring it to, to an end. I don't know what was going on in the four friends or even the paralytic, but God was starting to install faith in their life. And it was beautiful. Their actions showed a sense of faith.
But I want to bring the story now, and I want to make it really personal for everyone here. I want you to go back in time and just picture being that paralytic. I don't know what your issue is. We all have them. It's called sin. And let's just say it causes you to be on a mat, and you are not able to do what you want to do or able to do. You're just there. And picture that moment where there's four friends that come and pick you up literally and, and bring you, and all of a sudden you, you come to this house and it's, it's all busy and all full, and then they bring you to the roof and then start lowering you down. And all of a sudden, you in the midst of your brokenness, you in the midst of, I don't know what, maybe it's depression. Maybe it's a physical issue that you're dealing with. Maybe it's relationship. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's whatever. But you're sitting there, and, and you're just plopped right down there. And you kind of look to the back, and you, you feel these religious leaders judging you. They're looking down their nose. And they're thinking, really, all the things that are true. We are broken. We are marginalized because of sin. We are really nobody. So they're kind of right, but you're feeling the, the heaviness of their judgment. Or you think about maybe friends, friends and family that are on the sides of you. And they're just thinking they feel sorry for you. It's a shame this person has this condition or this problem. But then in a moment, maybe of desperation, in a moment where you don't know where to turn, because everywhere else that you've turned, you have not felt peace. Then your eyes lock on the eyes of Jesus. And whatever issue you have while you're on that mat, immobilized, unable to do anything, you look in his eyes and you feel peace like never He knows exactly what you're going through. He knows the pain, the burden, the worry. And he says those words directly to you. Your sins are forgiven. You see, the story is not just from 2,000 years ago. It's the story of today. And I hope we can put ourselves in the place of the paralytic. All right? And maybe physically you're not wounded but maybe emotionally you are. And then he says to you, rise, take your mat, go. And I want you to know that what he does is for you. He's doing that for you because he loves you. And he will love you with an everlasting love. And even if you go kicking and screaming, he's going to keep pursuing you because that's the kind of God we have. He will never give up. But I want you to know that there's a second part to this that I'm hoping that you get from the story from Mark chapter 2. You heard me say this, I think, last week or the week before. You cannot give what you do not have. So I really believe it begins from the heart of God and his love for this world, but then it lands right here. I hope you're sitting here today saying, Yes, I'm a sinner, 
Yes, I'm forgiven because of Jesus. I'm loved because of him. And now I am going to go. And I'm going to start thinking and praying about who in my circle of influence is sitting on a mat and feeling helpless and hopeless like maybe you once did. Maybe God's calling you to grab the corner of the mat and walk with somebody. Physically, emotionally, spiritually. Because there's something inside of you that says, it's so good for me. I want them to know this too. So my prayer for you as we keep going through this, this chosen, we've got a couple more weeks of the chosen. I want you to see this Jesus. I want you to know this Jesus. I want you to know that he has you in his hands. And he's going to hold on tightly. He'll never let you go. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, there is nothing like you coming to this world for people like us. There is nothing like it to know that we are the object of your love. That you were willing to give up heaven to come down to this earth and suffer and die for the sins of the world. And Lord, um, there's times in my life, and I know my friends here, we have moments where our brokenness gets the best of us. Lord Jesus, look intently into our eyes and let us see you and the hope that you can give. And then, Lord, may that hope move us, causes us to stand up and start loving this world and other broken people just like us. So thanks again for your love, and we pray all of this in your name. Amen. Let's stand and sing.
everybody. Go in peace and serve the Lord.